Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Changing the Lost Vanity. Vanity is a first edition Chronicles of Darkness game set in southern Florida during the year 1993. Father Katrina, played by Tillman, Raymond, played by Chris, Isabel, played by Andrew, Frank, played by Slavic, and Adam as the storyteller, as they uncover the mysteries of the true Fae and forge new paths for themselves in a world of beauty and madness. Follow us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM for channel updates, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, so um, we'll say that, Isabel, you're making your way uh, back up the, uh, yeah. up the stairs to, to meet with your fellow courtmates. Yeah, after realizing um, that uh, all of the summer court have kind of gathered up there except her, and she'll kind of finish <laughs> off her drink, order another one, and when that is done, take that drink up there with her. And like I said, like they, your courtmates know you. They know that you are um, your fairest, and you're going to do what you want to do. Um, in a nightclub, you know, you're you're in your element, and they kind of can't really pry you away from that. You're going to go up when you're when you're ready. And, um, all right. So with that, the social sorry. pressures though, you know, I, yeah. the social pressure of like, they're all up there and I'm down here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and let's go back to, uh, Raymond and Katrina. Um, so as you guys, as you guys approach the, the autumn courts table, uh, there's kind of like a, a bit of, of, uh, there's like this discussion going on, people somewhat talking over themselves a little bit. And then when you guys sit down, um, Norma just looks to you, Raymond, and she, um, let me, let me describe Norma before I get ahead of myself here. Um, Norma is, uh, like I said, she's, she's the leader of the autumn court. Um, every time it's the, every time the, the court's season comes into effect, they, they pick like a leader to, to represent their court. Um, even though it's not the autumn court's reign right now, uh, Norma is kind of like your guys' like appointed leader. You know what I mean? She she's kind of always just been the leader. There hasn't really been ever a question of would somebody else take the reins, you know? And it's not. I mean, with the freehold of Fort Lauderdale, there's not really this crazy like fight for power and stuff like that. Like you guys just want like the you know the the best leader to to take control of things, you know, there's not too much like of, of, you know, you don't hear too much of just like backstabbing and stuff like that. It's just, you know, you, you guys respect her. She's a, she's a good leader. She's a fair leader. And she, and she, she values you guys greatly. Like I said, she go she's been to some of Tillman's um, tournaments. Um, you know, she's, she's interested in the success of your business, Raymond. You know, she, she does want the best for you guys. Um, her appearance. She's, um, she has the appearance of a of like a thirty year old woman. Um, she's very very slender. Um, her fame means isn't very distinctive. Uh, she still looks like, like very close to mortal with some some uh, things that definitely stick out. Her skin is just completely uh, pale white, like a doll almost, like porcelain, and her eyes are just these completely uh, black black, uh, pupils. Um, she doesn't have any, any white, um, any whites, you know, it's just these, these black, black, uh, eyes on her, on her face. And she has this, uh, incredibly straight 
black hair that um you know goes down to the to the mid back and it's it's a uh, it's down at the moment and she she wears these um kind of thicker black glasses she kind of has like this uh appearance of like a librarian or like a maybe just like a secretary you know type of style the type of clothing she's wearing is um just like a a a, a female's uh button up shirt uh, a blouse um and it's black and she's wearing this black skirt and um black stockings and black shoes uh she wears um jewelry that uh is like you know just different like charms and and symbols with no like real meaning or significance they're just decorative um little like you know charms talisman type of things um and you you can see this uh this look of distress on her face um and before you before Raymond you Raymond or Katrina can can even sit down she just looks to you Ray and she goes oh, Ch- Charlie's not here you guys haven't seen Charlie have you and um just to just to let you guys know you you haven't seen your courtmate Charlie uh Charlie is a member of your court uh he's He's a really young guy. He's about, um, you know, he, nobody knows what his actual age is, but you would guess he's, he's probably 17, uh, maybe no older than 20 years old. He's, he's practically a kid. And he's been having an especially tough time lately. Um, he's part of a, of a motley. Um, a motley is like a group of changelings. It's, it's like the equivalent to like a coterie. In, in vampire um it's it's a group of changelings who you know they've grouped up for whatever reason he's part of a of this motley called the crow people um the crow people it has members from all different courts he is the only um autumn court member of the crow people but there's a, a member you know there's there's a member from each of the courts as well as a, a courtless member and these are changelings who all had the same keeper during their time in the hedge. Um, it's a it's a true fae that they call the Big Crow, and you guys have you know they they haven't really gone into they're like a somewhat of a of a, a private group of people. Um, you know he's a member of your court and you know him, and you know you have a decent relationship with him, but his relationship with this group, the Crow people, is kind of his main association people that are part of this motley are somewhat their loyalty is to each other um, because they have all experienced this insane, insane experience together. And it does seem that all of them have had a lot harder time adjusting to changeling life than, than you guys have, or than other, you know, members of the freehold have had for the most part um you know just you know just from just from being a member of the freehold you know that like a lot of them kind of live like vagrant lifestyles like um not necessarily homeless but um somewhat live like uh like a like street lifestyles you know um you know that like they use illicit drugs um you know that they, you know, uh, do whatever they have to 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 make money. 
and stuff like that. And um, as of late, your courtmate Charlie has kind of just not really been present at all. Um, he hasn't really showed up to to any of the kind of court dealings that have gone on. And, and Norma is greatly worried about him because she, she was worried about him to begin with. It seems as though his clarity is slipping. It seems as though he's starting to lose touch with, with reality. Um, and to you and to everybody, really, whether or not it's, it's spoken out loud or not, this seems to all kind of connect to his association with this group, the Crow people. And, you know, as his courtmate, as his leader, Norma is worried about Charlie, that he's, he's going down the wrong path. Um, she's extremely upset that he's, he's not there. And you just see her. She's looking around. She's pacing back and forth. So, you know, I, God damn it. You know, I know the kid was having problems, but this is a really Nora. important day. Why is he, why would he, why would he be a no-show? Nora, just sit down. Just sit down for a second. All right. <sighs> okay. Pace like this isn't going to solve anything. No, and I sit down kind of like next to her. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I, I see where she sits and kind of see if there's an opening for uh, Katrina and I just kind of like motion to an opening there. And then I just I turn around and look back at Nora. I'm like, we all know that him and that group of theirs, they're, they're, they're street kids and they don't, um, they don't take too kindly to schedules and event gatherings. They don't like to be told where to go, but have you, has any other member of that group, are they around? I looked, I like started looking around this upper floor to see if I could see any of the crow people. Yeah, and so Norma takes a, a quick glance around, and you you see at this point um, at this point in the night, there's already a, you can see like the, the different tables. You, you you see your your buddies in the summer court over not too far from you. You can see the the spring courts, very um, you know the ornate courtiers of the spring court kind of gathering around another table. And, and um, you, you notice a spring court courtier, um, you know her name, her name's Melissa, and she, she is also a member of the Crow people. You don't recognize anybody else at the moment who's here that's, okay. that has that affiliation, but you know right off the bat um, um, some background about Melissa. She was, uh, the members of the Crow people, while they all had the same keeper, they didn't escape at the same time. They escaped separately, mm -hmm. and they all sort of um, ended up in the South Florida area. Um, frankly, the Miami court would not have them. They, you know, they don't want that type of of behavior um, derailing their court and you know bringing their court down. And the free the freehold of Fort Lauderdale kind of accepted them with open arms, understanding that. Um, that their experience was so traumatic, you know. Um, so we're not dick, like Miami people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much it. And uh, but yeah, so Melissa was was the first one who returned from um, who returned from the Big Crow, and then you know within the year, uh, other people started to to come back from the hedge um, with the with the same experience of of having this true fake keeper. And Melissa was kind of the ringleader who, who banded this, this crew of people together um, who decided that, you know, we, and, and this Motley, I should say, Motley's take, um, 
they make pledges to each other. And it's not, you know, you could, you could join a Motley for a single task. You could join a Motley for a day. You know, your pledge could, could be for whatever it needs to be. These guys have taken a lifelong oath to stand by each other. Oh, wow. Um, even, even court affiliations are, are, you know, even court affiliations can, can change. You can decide that you, you know, you are, are more of a winter guy than a spring guy now, and you can change courts. And that's not, that's not on her of at all. You know, people change, the seasons change, and that's what happens. But these guys have taken an oath to each other that they will stand by each other for life. Um, and so, yeah, you see Melissa across, across where the other spring court members are. Melissa is a, is a slender female, uh, early twenties. Um, her, I'll start with her fame mean, her fame mean, the, her, the way she looks as a changeling, she has this, um, she's a, she's a fairest. You, you would, you would be able to know right away that she's a fairest because you have a, a decent knowledge of, um, of like a fae stuff, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, okay. and it's what Katrina is actually. Katrina, they're both fairest. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you recognize her. She's a fairest. She has this, uh, like pale green skin that is still somewhat like flaw, like flawless. Like it's just completely smooth, not a wrinkle or blemish, not a single hair. It's just, just smooth, like a, like a drawing of a person or something like that. And she has this, um, curly, curly, uh, it's, it's really, it, it appears to be hair, but you, you see that there's, there's vines and there's flowers that somewhat are growing out of it as well. Um, kind of like a, like, almost like a, like a, uh, like a wreath, you know, it just has like these, uh, seems like intentionally placed like flowers coming out and branches and thistle and, you know, uh, the way that she's dressed, very underdressed for this type of gathering. Um, she's wearing like a, a t-shirt with the sleeves cut off. She's wearing, um, uh, shorts with the uh, pants with the legs cut off and she's got these beat up tennis shoes on. Um, you know that Melissa, some, she's a, she's a, um, she's a streetwalker when she, when she needs to make money, when she has to. Um, that's, just something she does. She'll, she'll take money. She'll get money any way that she can. And, you know, she sees no problem at all with, with, um, with doing that, you know, um, it helps, it helps her, uh, you know, maintain the lifestyle that she lives. Um, you know, it, it gives her the security to protect her, her court mates. Um, she feels like she can, um, she's strong enough to defend herself and doesn't really worry about the dangers of it. Um, so that's, that's basically what you know about Melissa. And, um, I want to say that that also applies for you, Katrina. You, you know what, what Raymond knows about Melissa as well. Nora, Nora, just, um, have yourself a drink. Me and Katrina here will go around, speak to some people, see what we can find out. This isn't the first time that he's done this. And you know, it actually, it actually isn't the first time that he's done this. Yeah. Charlie will disappear for a week at a time, days at a time. Um, never been more than, than two weeks. Uh, but you know, he, the members of the crow people, they have what's called a hollow. Um, a hollow is basically a part of the hedge that people clear out so that they can live in. I should also say that like changelings can enter the hedge through any doorway. 
if you choose a random opening or doorway to enter the hedge through, you're going to end up in a random spot. But people who have head uh, hollows, they're able to like um, make it so specific doorways are always going to go to a certain place. Um, so you know that they have this hollow that a lot of them will occasionally live in. And Charlie, you, you know this, on occasion he'll slip into the hollow, not come out for maybe a week, not come out for maybe a couple days. And with what you know about uh, changeling life and, and what it means to be a changeling, too much time in the hollow, in the hedge, um, degrades the clarity. It, it, it furthers, your, um, furthers your disconnect with humanity if you spend, you know, I mean, it's safe to spend small amounts of time there. Maybe if you spend like uh, your nights there and your days somewhere else, you may never you know, feel the effects of it. But people who just only spend their time in the hedge, they feel it. Um, they start to lose touch. And you know that, that he's done this, you know, a few times and he usually bounces back. And, you know, you guys take care of him. He's a kid. You know, he needs people to look out for him. Um, Definitely. But that's something that you, that you know as well. I just wanted to say. One more question before... I talked to Katrina on character. Are there any summer members? I don't even know the names. I'm just curious. Are there any summer members, summer court members that are part of his, his motley? Yes. So there, you know that there is uh, one member of the summer court that is also a, a member of the Crow people. His name's Ronnie. Um, Ronnie is what they call an elemental um, earth bones. So his, his fae, his fae persona is kind of this, um, looks as though he's constructed of just rocks. Uh, you know, he looks like, um, like somebody formed him out of rocks. And it, he has, he has a, uh, a fame means it's very pronounced, very distinctive, very not human to look at. Um, his whole face is kind of asymmetrical um, with different crevices and different, you know, it, it looks, it looks as though he was just, um, not carved out of rock, but he's just like, um, so for example, like we have this thing in New England or we used to, I guess it, I guess it doesn't exist anymore. Um, in New Hampshire, it was called the, the man on the mountain. And it's this, this rock, um, cliff that has the, um, silhouette of a man's face. And it's like, just really crazy that it just like naturally looks like that. I mean, of course it's imperfect because it's just, a, it's just like something that, happened in nature it's not something that anybody made um that's pretty much what he looks like uh he's wearing like a very very baggy like size couple sizes too big um suit um looks like he has like his dad's suit on or something like that it just doesn't fit right but with his with his shape it's hard to wear normal clothes is he at the club now yes he's at the club you see him he's he's sitting with the um, with the other members of the summer court, or he's standing rather. He's kind of um, he's standing and leaning while the other summer court members uh, sit. Katrina, ah, <clears throat> uh, first I look at Norm. Like Norm, Katrina and I will try to find out what we can. Just have a drink, quit pacing. You're making me nervous, and I just kind of gently try to smile her, and I and I just offer my hand. I stand up and offer my hand to Katrina to help her out of the chair. Mm, I take it. Offer up and I'll walk like five, ten feet away just to be out of hearing range from Nora. I'm like, listen, we can we can see what we can find out. 
where Charlie went. I mean, I do worry about him, but this is par for the course for him, obviously. Yeah, kids always gets in trouble. We all deal with it in our own way. But I, I'll go speak to Emmanuel. And um, could you do me a favor and could you go speak to Melissa? I think she may be more um, comfortable maybe speaking to you. Uh, maybe I can find- try. I'm going to talk to Emmanuel. I'm going to see if he can get that young one of his, uh, if he can get um, Ronnie there to, to fess up. I don't feel comfortable speaking to Ronnie one-on-one. I don't think I'd maybe get a straight answer, but I think maybe if I have Emmanuel uh, help me out in this, um, maybe we can get more of a straightforward answer there. Yeah, let's try this. Okay, sounds good. Uh, okay, so, uh, yeah, so whoever's seen you want to handle first or if you want to go to the other two guys, that's just my plan of action now is to go talk to Emmanuel. If she chooses to, you know, go speak to um, Melissa. Okay. Um, I want to do uh, your scene with Emmanuel first, um, but I want to start it with, uh, so Frank and Isabel, you guys see um, Raymond, member of the Autumn Court, who you are familiar with, but uh, you've, you've probably talked to him a few times, but you know, you guys aren't like uh, on, um, you guys are acquaintances more than, more than friends. And um, so you see Raymond kind of making his way towards the uh, summer court. And then... Do they know my reputation with the summer court by yes. chance? So um, that that's good. That's definitely worth mentioning here. Um, so you have uh, court goodwill with summer, a uh, rating of four. So you have like a, a really... You're, you're, you're really respected by the summer court. Um, really quick, I just want to see um, how that is going to come into effect with your interactions with them right now. Um, I think it gives me some bonus dice if yes. I'm rolling. Yes, it definitely, one. definitely. I think um, one bonus dice for each pair of dots. Yeah, okay. Like so one bonus dice per dot, which is like... Oh, wow, is it per dot? Weird. I thought for every two dot. Okay. Did I read that right? Let me Let me look at that again. Crooked Wheel adds the dice pool for social interaction. Each two dots. Each two dots. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say four dots. Holy cow, dude! <laughs> I know. I I I just glanced over it, and that's what I read it as, and I was like, "Damn, that's a lot." But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna stifle. No that. worries. I kind of would like to keep. I would like to keep it to like like we said in the character creation session, where people don't quite know why I have a good reputation. Only like a handful of people. I'd yeah. say maybe Emmanuel and Nora. You know, I said only a couple people know about what it was like for me when I was out there. Yeah, I haven't definitely. Told anyone. And the rest of us just kind of respect because they respect you, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like, and it's almost like, I would say if people are curious, they would just kind of be like, because I'm an unassuming figure, you know what I mean? I'm not like whatever, but they kind of like, maybe if someone's ever been like, who's that pussy looking dude or whatever, they'd be like, oh man, I heard that guy's nuts, but they don't know, you know what I mean? No one's ever heard a lie or whatever. It's just kind of like, not nuts, but you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 there's certain people and they just know, you know, kind of thing, you know what I mean? But never to be clear out why, you know? So, yeah, um, as you approach the, the summer court's table, they they immediately are, are giving you um, pleasant greetings. Say, Raymond, nice hey, to see you I'm tonight. Right. Emmanuel uh, stands up, and he'll, he'll extend his hand to you. Um, I shake his hand. And he does that thing where, like, you know, when you shake somebody's hand and he puts another hand around the hand that you've extended to him to, to make it like a – just a really like yeah. warm, welcoming handshake. 
And to be honest, like that kind of, that kind of, um, uh, politeness and warmth coming from people makes me feel uncomfortable. You, you know what I mean? Not like I don't like it. You know what I mean? I just feel like I'm not yeah. worthy of that. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. I'm not sitting there like, haha, look at the, these people, you know? I just kind of act a little humble about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Do you mind if I have a seat, uh, Emmanuel? I hope I'm not interrupting. Of course. You, you're always welcome at our table. And he, he, uh, he motions for another of the summer court members to grab a, an extra chair for you. And, um, without any words, a, a member, um, it's actually, uh, er, uh, you know him as Eric. Um, and he is, is actually a fairest dancer as well. Um, he's a, you know, he's, he's like a really, he's a really, uh, he's a really physically fit person. He's, he's really big and, and looks, looks very, very manly, but he has this very feminine, um, way that he carries himself, his mannerisms and the way that he moves and the way that he walks is very, uh, I don't know. It, it has like a more gentle, more delicate, uh, quality to it. Um, okay. he, it's, it's, it seems, it seems weird that, um, somebody who <clears throat> is like really big and kind of just looks like this, this tough imposing figure is actually, is actually like a fairest, you know, dancer. And so his fame means, um, he has like this bluish color of skin and it has like this strange kind of textured quality about it. Um, almost like ripples, um, almost like a, like a mask that kind of moves when he talks. Um, and he has, he has this like really, really, um, his hair is, is blue and long and it looks like it's made out of these like wires or like fibers not really like human hair like maybe like a like a wig or something like that that just looks like absolutely synthetic it's just uh it's just this like material that just kind of goes down to um about like mid shoulder and um he has it like all brushed over to one side. It's kind of just like swooped over, and uh, his his choice of clothing is a is a white blazer, very um, fitted, very like precisely, you know, fitted and ch and chosen to match the pants and to match the shoes and to match the tie and to match the pocket square. Um, you can tell he's somebody that um, takes great pride in the way that he looks and stuff like that. And he he um, you know very gracefully walks over to an empty table and grabs a chair for you and places it in front of you and motions for you to sit down, putting a hand on your shoulder. Oh, thank, thank you. I got to look up. I don't like contact. You know what I mean? Like I'll shake hands. It's fine, but like intimate, you know what I mean? Like that, like my guy is not comfortable with that at all, you know? And it's um, like you said, like um, only, only Norma and, and Emmanuel really know like what your deal is. Like these guys don't really know. They just know that like, yeah, like you're cool with the summer court. Like, no, that's Raymond. He's, he's down, but they don't really know like much about you. They just know that you've, you've proved your loyalty to them for something. And you know, for that, they're always gonna, they're always gonna, um, extend their, their kindness and their support to you, but they really don't know Raymond that well, you know? Yep. Hopefully he stays that way. <laughs> so I look at him and I'm like, uh, next round of drinks on me or are these all in the house with you? Oh, of course they're on the house. Uh, <laughs> listen, members of the freehold drink for free tonight. I'm, I'm, 
<laughs> you know, it's a big day for us. Emmanuel's okay. like wow. especially excited Excellent. about this this whole thing, even though he's not a member of the Spring Court. He just loves the idea that um, that this is like happening for the Freehold. Like, look Definitely. at this place, you know. And he says it to you too, just like, look at this place. Is this beautiful? Yeah, it's nice. Uh, did Isabel say something? I, were you saying something, Isabel? Or yeah, I, I smiled and said, "Excellent." When he said that, you know, the drinks are on the house tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's a really nice establishment. Really, not my um my type of scene, you know what I mean. But uh, uh, I can appreciate for what it does for the freehold here. I, I hate to interrupt the uh, celebration, everything that seems to be going on here, and I'm sincerely apologize for it. And I look at all the su- summer member corps members that are sitting around. I um I'm wondering if maybe you could help me out. Uh, there's a there's a member of my uh, group. Um, Charlie, he seems to be palling around with, uh, with, uh, Ronnie, one of your folks there. And, uh, I thought maybe I'd go talk to Ronnie on my own, but I didn't want to overstep, uh, cause we're trying to, uh, Nora's a little worried about where Charlie's at. And, uh, I was wondering if maybe, uh, you could, uh, maybe help me get some answers from your guy there. Like I said, I don't want to overstep bounds. I don't want to, uh, impose on your authority at all with your court. Um, I'm just wondering if I can get some answers looking for this young one uh, of mine. And um, he he looks to Emmanuel looks to Ronnie, and he just immediately says, "Emmanuel, um, Ronnie, you go talk to Raymond. Tell him everything he needs to know. Don't don't hold out on this guy. All right, he's he's important to me, and he's looking for one of his own. And I want you to help him if you know anything. You know, just very very like." Very stern, just like, listen, don't bullshit him. Like, if you know something, tell him and excuse yourself. And he, he politely stands up and um, go, uh, motions to, you know, maybe talk to you aside for a second. Thank you again, Emmanuel. I appreciate it. And uh, I, I hope you guys enjoy your evening. And again, I'm sorry for uh, interrupting your conversation here. And I kind of walk forward to head towards Ronnie. Yeah, I'm sorry to have done that, Ronnie. I hope you don't take offense to that. I know that you and... Uh, Charlie and your your group there are really tight, and I understand why. I understand that we all have our own ways of dealing with some of the stuff that we have gone through, and I and I, and I understand, and and I can even appreciate in a way the bond that you have with each other. Uh, all I'm simply asking is if you know anything about where Charlie's at at the moment, because some of us do care about him as much as you guys do, uh, in our own way, and any help would be appreciated. You see, he's kind of just uh. He's trying to just giving you like this this look of just he's not really sure what he what he wants to say to you at at the moment. Um, can you give me a uh, manipulation and um, I'll let you I'll let you pick the the social skill that you think would would apply to this situation. I would say, I mean, what am I trying to do? You're just trying to get, trying to get something out, out of him. So I would say maybe socialize or. Uh, I would say, uh, information of them, I would say maybe subterfuge or no, subterfuge is hiding, right? Uh, I guess it really depended on, uh, the, what do you guys think? I would think it'd either be empathy or intimidation. I don't, I, I don't want to go intimidating with this guy. I feel you know like what intimidation I mean? But, is like a very specific route of conversation where you're going to yeah. sort of threaten something, you know, or imply something. Yeah. How's his demeanor towards me? Is it like is it like he wants to nervous, tell? Nervous. Nervous. Okay, so I don't um, want to. So I'll use empathy. Can I use empathy, manipulation, yes. and empathy? Okay, and, that um, that's going to be plus 
two because he's a member of the summer court and you have um, court goodwill of four. So I got one success. Difficulty eight, I got one success. Okay. Um, so he's, yeah, he's going to tell you. Um, Charlie, Charlie's been at his fucking house for the past two weeks, all right? We've been trying to get this guy out, and I don't know what the fuck his deal is, but he's basically turning his back on all the members of his motley by, by acting this way. I'm, we... You know, it's it's just frustrating to me. I've tried to call this guy every day of the week for the past two weeks, and he's just hiding out at his grandma's house for reasons that he will not explain. He's gone so deep into the hole with the crack. You know, I just I I'm worried about him, and you know, I'm not the type of person to worry about this kind of thing. He's he's just he's just leading himself down the wrong path, and I don't know what his deal is. It's like a light switch just changed and he's just not the same anymore. He's, he's been, have you, have, you know, have you spoke to him? I've tried. I've, I went to his grandma's place and, uh, you know, I tried to try to go talk to him. He just, he just doesn't want to see anybody. Did um, you see him? Did you literally see him? I saw him. Yes. Yes. He's here. He's in, he's in, I mean, he's, he hasn't left town or anything like that. He's, He's around. He's just, he's just hold himself up, and I, he won't tell us what's going on. I mean, no, no offense to you. I know you guys are courtmates, but me and him, we, you survived similar situations. I understand that. Yeah, I get it, and I understand that. I couldn't. I can't relate, but I'm sure it builds a bond that is stronger than any bonds that we hold as a court or as a freehold here. But I do worry about him. I worry about all every single person in this room in my own way. Yeah, I, me too. Hey, listen, if you find anything out about him, tell him that fucking tell him that Ronnie was looking for him and I'm and I'm pissed, all right? You know, I worry yeah. about this guy. He's just a kid, you know? I'm supposed to be looking after after him. He's one of my own and I and you know, I just can't can't even can't even talk to him. I think the more that we keep calling him a kid, the more we're going to empower uh him to do things like this. We need to stop calling him a child. I don't think any of us who survive what we survived are children anymore. And the more we keep calling him a child, we keep giving an excuse to act like one. And Ronnie just kind of looks to the ground in like a disappointed uh, look and he's just like, you know, it's he's too young to have to deal with this type of shit, man. It's just not right. You know, it's just not right. You know, none of us deserve this, but, you know, I hate to say it, but he is just a kid, you know? I think I'm going to go head over there. A matter of fact, I might just do that now once my friend is done speaking to whomever she's speaking to. I don't enjoy scenes or environments like this, to be honest with you, either. I really can't blame him for wanting to exclude himself. There was something peaceful in that. But I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, don't worry, though. I'll let you know uh, what I find out. I'll let everyone know. He just needs to know there's more than one. There's people who worry about him. And, uh, he needs to quit being selfish in a way in what he's doing, but uh, maybe we get him back on the path. So thank you again. I, uh, sorry to interrupt your uh, evening here. Uh, no, no, no worries at all. I, I hope you're able to get through to him. Uh, all the members of his I'll group are worried about him. You know, it's we know what he does. We know that he, he gets like this sometimes. It's it's hard. It's depressing to, to live this life, you know, and especially when you're, you know, you're kind of, 
you live in a poor neighborhood, you don't really have much money, you don't really have any positive outlets to turn to, and you just you just wander, you know, and you just you just wander the streets and you get in all types of trouble and and you know he 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 keeps spending his his time in the in the hedge in the hollow but he hasn't been to our hollow in in a long time you know it's usually we we as a group we we sleep there you know it's it's enough room for for us as a group to to all all share the same space but you know but we just haven't seen him in a week you know you're saying we, he's we, wandering around the hedge on his own though like to places where you don't know. No, no. I'm. I. What I meant was, you know, he he frequents our hollow. It's 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 our it's our safe safe space. You know, uh, in in you know, the members of my group, we we reside there. We use it as a as a home. Sometimes, you know, we we sleep there, and the, the presence of each other is comforting to us. But he hasn't shown in weeks, and it's just not Gee. like him. And I know he's home because his grandma says he's home. I, you know, he's. Well, I'm I've about to go him. find that out. But my thing is, do you ever think that this lifestyle that you guys are living, do you think any of you guys are going to rise above your your current lot in life? I motion towards uh, Melissa, who I assume Katrina's talking to her now, like her. I understand. I've seen things. You know, I understand people have to survive, and I get that. But do you think her behavior and your guys' behavior as a group is going to like stop him from doing the things he's doing? You guys are, sorry no you guys are just simply and listen I'm, I'm understanding i'm just saying maybe you need to take what you're feeling right now with your frustration with charlie and you're caring and maybe turn it upon yourself and your other peers maybe it's time to do some inner reflection get yourself squared away because i'll tell you what that man over there that emotion manual and what are you giving him in return are you, are you dependable are any of your group dependable you're motley you'll see um You'll see Ronnie just kind of looks down, not wanting to answer because he knows that the answer is no, yeah. you know, and he doesn't want to say it. He just kind of looks down like, you know, like when you like scold a kid and you're just, they yeah, know I'm, what they've done wrong and they're just kind of like, you know, just they're in silence. They're quiet. <laughs> listen, listen, this freehold took you in. They took me in. They took everyone in this room in, but there was freeholds that didn't want you in there. And, and this freehold did take it. And maybe it's time. Well, he, eventually you may get there, but maybe it's time to start thinking about what you're going to give in return. We've all been through similar situations. I'm not saying mine was worse than yours or yours was worse than mine. And frankly, I don't want to know your situation. So I'm sure you don't want to know what happened to me. But you need to like do some inner reflection because that man over there is going to need you one day. And maybe for something menial, maybe something for whatever, but he's going to have to be able to count on you, on every single one of us in this room. Giant of a man sitting next to him. You know why he sent to that? That man who may not come across that intelligence to all of us, you know why he's sitting to Emmanuel's right? Because he's dependable. Because he knows that he'll be there for him and he can count on him. And we all need to be there. And that's why we're here right now at this moment. Go enjoy your night. I don't mean to be lecture to you. I apologize. I just care about every single person in this room. And You see, he, he gives you a nod. Um, and he, he turns around and walks back to Emmanuel. And at this point, you're, you're kind of... Um, you know, you're a few steps away to the point where you can't hear what he's saying to Emmanuel, but he kind of like leans in and starts whispering into Emmanuel's ear and you hear, you see Emmanuel kind of nodding, <clears throat> nodding, like, you know, in agreement. And then he looks back over to you, Raymond, and then Isabel and Frank, um, Emmanuel looks at you and he says, uh, he says, look, um, 
that man over there, Raymond of the uh, Autumn Court. He's a he's a good friend of mine, and uh, I want to extend our help to him in 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 finding his his courtmate right now. Uh, Norm is all worked up about it, and you know, you guys know that Norma is a is a good friend of mine, and you know, I don't want her to worry, especially on this night of celebration. Um, Isabel, I want you to accompany Raymond, and Frank, I want you to accompany Raymond. Go with him. Give him any help that he needs. Now? Um, so <laughs> like, Ronnie had free, just... Free. Yeah. So, okay. So what, what happened? Uh, you guys you guys were able to overhear this. Raymond was not. Ronnie basically oh. explained that whole conversation that happened to Emmanuel. And Emmanuel wants to um, offer his help through you guys, of course, not, not on his own. Yeah, exactly. And also he doesn't want to send Ronnie because he is, I don't know, kind of like in a way to, to punish Ronnie, like to not let him take part of this task. He's just like, teach him a lesson. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like the, the way that it works in the summer court, like you, I mean, in the summer court, it's like people are, people are trying to go on tasks for Emmanuel. He's the, he's the king right now. Like, you know, you, it's, people want to be in his favor right now and to just, just be dismissed for this, this task I, is something that kind of burns Ronnie a little bit. And you can see that. And he sits back down in silence. Sorry, go on, Andrew. Yeah. I just, I just was in character. Like now, like she's like, really now, like tonight of all, yeah. <laughs> like we're, we got all this stuff going on. You want us to go now. That's the kind of like, she's trying to portray all that emotion into one. Yeah. Now. I mean, yeah, it's kind of, he kind of is, is stepping on your good time right now. He's yeah. like, all right, listen, get another drink. Um, you know, when these guys are ready to go, you go with him. Okay. Listen, I need you to do this. All right. I trust you. Okay. I was hoping to have a good time tonight, but all right. Don't worry. When you tell me that, I'll be like, I'll take you eyes out for drinks afterwards. I assume that's going to be a knocking on the door. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so. It'll be more like she might it? give me the cold shoulder like, for a little bit. You know, like you dragged yeah, me away yeah. from this, like kind of blaming you a little bit. Like she was going to have a good time and you pulled her away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you going to come up? Are you going to come up to me before Katrina comes back? Or are you just guys going to sit there and wait till like I look like I'm leaving or what? It's a good question. Uh, I think I would wait until you're like, all right, let's go. And I'm like, all right, fine. Yeah, I don't even know you guys will be coming with. I'll be surprised when you guys come walking up and like, we're coming with. I'll be like, oh, uh, okay. Yeah, like out <laughs> of know? character really quick. Um, so Tillman, um, uh, Katrina still hasn't hasn't like uh, talked to Melissa yet, which was something that I think you guys were going to do before you set out. And another thing too is you guys would probably also want to check in with uh, Norma before you head out. So if there's anything okay. else you want to do, you have like you you have the the minutes or so you know the five five minutes or whatever to uh, to do anything. You you still need to get done if, if that's if that's like an issue. Yeah, no, I'm just gonna wait till Katrina's done and then I'll go speak to Norma. Uh, let her know that hey, we're just gonna go take care of this right now. It'll give me an excuse to leave like a nightclub kind of scene, which I don't like all like the flashy women trying to, it reminds me of when I was being fake and did that shit in the eighties. You know what I mean? So I just, Absolutely. uh, and, uh, so Katrina, you make your way to the, Oh, I'm sorry. Slavic. Were you going to say something? I'm sorry. I feel like you were about yeah, to say something. Uh, so Frank is going to ask everyone before he has to leave, you know, and, um, uh, Manny said that we should 
get one more drink or something if you know he's just gonna ask everyone if they want to uh, want something and then he'll just bring it up <laughs> yeah the the table the table requests of you uh, another another two pitchers of beer <laughs> and this is like I don't know that this isn't really like the pitchers of beer kind of establishment um, it's not like a like a sports bar or anything like that or just like a you know like a manly type of bar where you just get some some pictures with your dudes it's like but but yeah like you they request that and you know they assume that you're going to ask for that and get that and you know they they probably i would probably i would tell, have some old pictures back there that they can accommodate you with i would tell them my specific drink yeah <laughs> and i'm just imagining like a very complicated drink or no i'm just kidding. Uh, probably just another cosmo right yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right awesome so while that's going on, um, while Frank is is retrieving the the um, the second drinks for the the rest of his courtmates, um, Katrina, you are making your way up to the spring courts uh, little table that they that they have going, similar to the the one that the autumn, the winter, the summer kind of have set up as well, and. Um, you just kind of see Melissa like she's standing to the side, sort of like on the outside of her group. You know, she's not really a part of the conversation or anything like that. Um, she's standing in a position where you could just walk right up to her and talk to her without any sort of formalities with the spring court. Um, since this is the spring court's club and the spring court's uh, event, pretty much, they're pretty preoccupied right now as well. So if you just wanted to go in there, and, and, you know, start talking to her, that would, like, absolutely be possible. Um, if you wanted to, you know, uh, make your um, introductions to the, to the spring court and, you know, go through all the formalities and stuff like that, that would, that would be possible too. Uh, I'd probably do that. Okay. Like, just real quick, like, um, wave hello and uh, uh, it's really loud up here too, right? So unless yeah, I'm next it's, to it's someone, I can't quieter, probably not but it's... talk to them that well. So I probably just give like the very obvious uh, the thumbs up and I say, awesome club. And, uh, <laughs> uh, really uh, put emphasis uh, on my mouth uh, gestures so people get it even if they can't hear me. And that, uh, then I uh, go over to Melissa. So I'm not really wasting time with conversation with the spring court. Mm -hmm. um, Melissa kind of turns around and your eyes kind of, um, you kind of catch each other's eyes. And she has this uh, sort of glazed over expression, like she's um, intoxicated or, or um you know, or, or drugged or something like that. It's just kind of like this blank stare and these kind of staring eyes that are just, you know, not very, very responsive. And she just sort of looks at you um, and says, hi. Uh, hey. Katrina, right? Yeah, that's me. You okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Katrina, fine. Why do you ask? Probably panics a bit with her look. <laughs> like, uh, she grabs behind her, like, uh, next best spring coat, uh, guy or girl she can get a hold of. 
Yeah. Like, look, we have a situation here without saying anything. <laughs> and um, so another spring court courtier kind of um, turns around as you grab her arm. Uh, you know her as, as Jenna. Uh, Jenna Reed is her full name. Um, and she turns around and, you know, you, you say like what you just said, like, I think we have a problem here. And she looks at Melissa and, you know, just kind of is like, what? Like, this is nothing out of the ordinary. Like, that's Melissa, man. <laughs> hey, the Autumn Court has a crackhead. They might as well have a heroin addict, right? We all get one. <laughs> hey, we all, we all have our, our poisons. We all have our vices, especially the, uh, the crow people. They, uh, they don't know about, um, moderation or anything like that. They just, they get fucked up like whenever they want. And you guys know that you guys know that they're, they're like just some more like a side about the, the crow people. You guys know like their reputation and stuff like that. And within their own courts, like, I mean, not necessarily in the case of the autumn court and not necessarily in the case of the summer court, but people who are higher up in the court worry that the crow people is going to kind of um, weaken their strength as a court, you know, like we have these fucking runabouts who are just, you know, living on the streets, getting high, you know, being very careless with, with how they interact with the hedge and stuff like that. And, you know, these are people that we're allowing to be court members in our court. They're, they're weakening the bonds that we have with each other. Yeah, she looks at you like nothing's really, really out of the ordinary with that. Just like, you know, she probably says something, something sly, like, yeah, she probably had a few before she even showed up. Uh, Katrina's taking it back for a little bit. Uh, this seems out of line to her. And um, Melissa's just going to, like, put her hand on your shoulder and just, but did you, did you want to talk to me about something? What's, what's going on? And she has well, this confused sort of staring off into space, sort of, you know, like I described earlier, kind of um, just this feeling. It's just like washed, you know, like this uh, this look of just um, kind of lifelessness is just over her. Have you seen Charlie recently? And she, she sighs and she's, none of us have seen Charlie recently. I think the only person who's seen Charlie recently is Charlie. And maybe his grandma, but I even doubt that. His grandma. Yeah, he lives with his grandma down in down in that that old ranch house. Um, and you know that the location that she's talking about is a area called. Um, it's an area called uh, Sunrise, and Sunrise is on the kind of like the opposite side of Fort Lauderdale. That um, what the fuck is it called? Shit. I said it, yeah, that it's like the opposite side that Las Olas is on and the opposite side of where, you know, uh, Raymond's practice and Katrina's studio and the real estate office that um, Isabel works in is at. It's on the other side, closer to the Everglades, um, closer to where there's a lot less nightlife and glamour and, you know... Um, beautiful properties and boats and beaches and stuff like that. And, you know, more an area where there's kind of run down, you know, there's trailer parks, there's a, you know, it's, it's lower income. It's a, it's just a different area. Uh, I wanted to ask her for the address because I think, um, 
we didn't do that yet, but I mean, we yeah. can do the planning and uh, then uh, going there in the next session. Okay, yeah. Um, and also, I just want to say that um, while like you guys personally don't know Charlie's address, Norma would absolutely know Charlie's address. Yeah, that's why I figured. Oh, oh, so yeah. I figured she had it. <laughs> yep, I was gonna get it from her and then mm -hmm. just take off there. Because to be honest, like these these three kids kind of rub me the wrong way. You know what I mean? So, um, hey, they're, they're but I'm empathetic. Know? Well, that too. But I'm empathetic to them and I understand what they're going through. I just don't agree in which the route they're going in it. But uh, that's neither here nor there. So, hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts? or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by! We hope to see you there. High Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please, help. They're coming. Hey, do you like World of Darkness? Do you want to introduce your friends to it? But there's one problem. Nobody reads books anymore! This presents you with a problem, doesn't it? You want to get your friends into these awesome games, but they don't have the time or wherewithal to read any of them. Well, that's where Brett the Hitman comes in. Brett the Hitman, your one-stop shop on YouTube for all things related to World of Darkness. Currently in the middle of his Werewolf the Apocalypse series, which is showing tremendous growth. It's going to the moon! That's right, watch Brett the Hitman and you will get style! Flair! Humor! And of course, some dank meme magic. Fucking normies! Brett the Hitman on YouTube at youtube.com slash I love other people's misery. So watch now! If only for the dank memes. Tune in today!
Los Angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing. The central district is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. But why is all this going on in Los Angeles? Why is Los Angeles an exploding city? Neon Masquerade The Demon's Mirror Thirteen Candles Three Chronicles Running Through the Undead Veins of the City of Angels. The Esoteric Order of Role Players Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to EORpodcast.com and search the Duets tag to find out more. The missions seem simple enough, don't they always? Simple sweep and flush-out operation. We loaded them up in a hazmat tanker in Montreal and shipped them to a downtown warehouse in the Valley of the Sun. It would have been in and out in a few nights. Well, we wouldn't be telling the story if it all went as planned, would we? I go ahead and uh, I pop quiet in. Alright, yeah, I'm going to run at him and do a sweet spin kick and knock his head off. We're waiting to see whether or not the abomination kills us. Shufflehead Chronicles is available on the Critical Hints feed. Search for Critical Hints in iTunes, Google Play, or any other podcatcher. I, I, I don't think this is how, no. Hi guys, I wanted to let you know about my YouTube channel, the video channel of Mike Bailey. Mike Bailey is a character I play in a live-action vampire game called New England Nightmares, which uses the new Finite Studio rules for Mind's Eye Theatre. The Chronicle's set in the city of New Haven, Connecticut, and we run on the third Saturday of every month in Southington, Connecticut. Most of the credit for the stories told in my journals comes from the plots developed by the amazing storytellers who run my game. So the videos on my channel are basically an in-character video logs of the newly sired venture Mike Bailey. They follow him from his days as a naive mortal, to his violent embrace during the Anarch Revolt in the city of London, on to his arrival on the shores of New Haven. The journals show Mike trying to come to terms with his kindred nature, his powerful but impure blood, and his attempts to hide his past from other members of the court of Prince Lucius. So I put out updates every two weeks, and I love feedback and questions, so check out my channel, subscribe, and leave me a comment.